I can't make fun of Feyre in this section of the book anymore. I too am stupid. Well, who am I to judge? <laughs> no. I I am also stupid, but I it will not stop me from making fun of her. Well, I'm like I no. will make fun of her. <laughs> Do this made- entire thing. She's illiterate, but I'm like, I couldn't hunt a worm like that, you know? Like, I couldn't do this shit. I mean, I could read. I couldn't hunt a I could worm. do the second trial, though. That's the thing. Like, I could read and answer a question. So I guess that's kind of where it's an impasse, you know? I'm like, ooh, she can do one, but I can do the other. It's a tra- it's a trade-off. But I don't know. It's a trade-off. It's, a, it's fine, you know? Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Gwen. And this is Teen Squee. This is the podcast where we spill the tea about the things that make us squee, and we are back, <laughs> finally. We're back, finally. It's been a long haul. You would have thought that we would have tried to finish this book before we went on a more than month-long hiatus, no. but no, that's not how we do things here. You know, I think New year, same book, exactly. same chaotic, hot mess. <laughs> you know, I think in all fairness, we were quite busy in December, so I will give us a yeah. pass on that. <laughs> My body decided to rebel <laughs> against me, say. and it said, hey, you know how you've been healthy for a month and a half? You got too yep. comfortable, kid. Here's a three-week-long sick. <laughs> and I just went on two vacations. That was all I did in December. <laughs> I went on two trips, and I worked, and that was about it. Had some holiday parties, you know. I moved. <laughs> I changed jobs. Yes. It's been a stressful month or so. You've been so, going. You know, we're back now. Uh and we're going to finish the last part of A Court of Thorns and Roses. We're going to do chapters 32 through 46, which is the la- last chapter, the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, if y'all will remember, last we saw Feyre, she had just returned to the spring court from the human lands mm-hmm. and found the spring court in ruin. And so she had just gone Tam and fallen Ugh. to her knees. And I hated it because <laughs> no one but Lucian should call Tamlin Tam. The absolute <laughs> fucking facts. <laughs> it's a bro nickname. It is. Favorite should not be calling him Tam. I also just hate the nickname Tam. Even when Lucian does it, I'm mm-hmm. like, this is disgusting. Please stop. His name <laughs> is Tamlin, Tammy, Tam Tam, mm-hmm. Tim Tam. Tampon, or one that I heard recently that I really love, credit to Books and Barbells on TikTok, uh, is Tamitha. Oh, yeah, I like Tamitha. Tamitha. Tamitha's great. (laughs) I love Tamitha. I'm going to try that one out maybe sometime during this episode and just see how it feels on on the tongue, you know, test it out a little bit. I I usually use Tampon, though, or Tim Tam is fun. I do like that Mm -hmm. one. But but Tam, Tam lacks a certain je ne sais quoi. It's just it's a little boring, which and basic. Which I mean, Tamlin is kind of basic, so it works. Mm-hmm. I just I don't like the way it feels when I say it. Yeah. it's just Tam, and if, especially if it's like Midwestern, it's like Tam, Tam, Tam. <laughs> it's like horribly nasal. If you had like the most northern Wisconsinite say it, it'd be like someone oh scratching in your ear <laughs> can you imagine someone pronouncing the word tam or tamlin the way that wisconsinites pronounce the word bag big team <laughs> tamlin tamlin <laughs> horrible tame somewhere tamlin. <laughs> our voice teacher is cringing in her boots she just knows she has like a little tingle in her ear she's like somebody just said that really incorrectly 
She feels it in her knees <laughs> <laughs> like it's about to rain. Instead, <laughs> someone just using their Midwestern dialect incorrectly, <laughs> pronouncing bag wrong. All oh right. God. This is my favorite part of this book. Same. We're actually moving. So, yeah. Why don't we let's jump right in, Alyssa. Yes. I will say, just as a preface, the last part of this book, this last third of the mm-hmm. book, we've been doing a lot of analysis mm-hmm. and like detail oriented like nitpicking uh during the first two parts of yeah. this book. This third part is where all of the plot is, so uh-huh. there's a lot less like literary analysis yeah. to do and a lot more just like plot point, plot point, plot point, plot point. Ah, it feels you know? like so much. <laughs> like I was yeah. typing it all and I was like, really? This is so much and I don't feel like I can cut any of this because this is mm-hmm. this is all very relevant to what's going on. It was just like bam 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 bam. End of it's book. A lot. But we're gonna jump right yes, into it are. with chapter thirty two. So at the beginning of chapter 32, Feyre is looking through the manor, trying to piece together what happened. And she's seen signs of a struggle and lots of destruction, but no indication that anyone was actually hurt. So, like, no blood and stuff. Mm-hmm. She finds Alice, who's hobbling around the ruined house. And Alice tells her all about Amarantha and Tamlin's curse, which she then blames Feyre for not Whoa. breaking. And Feyre demands that Alice show her the way under the mountain. She wants to win Tamlin back and free them all. So, Sparknotes version of the curse yes. and of who Amarantha <laughs> is, blah, 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 blah. Amarantha was the highest commander in the army of the King of Highburn. She is now High Queen of Prithian because 100 years ago she re-entered Prithian under a guise of peace. She turned the sacred mountain at the center of Prithian into her court and 50 years ago she invited all of the High Lords and their courts to a party where she poisoned the wine with a spell to steal their powers and seize control of the entire land. She wants Tamlin in a sexy way. (laughs) Tamlin is disgusted by her in a vomiting way um, and thus insulted her and so she cursed him. He had four 49 years to make a human girl who hated fairies enough to kill one in cold blood fall in love with him. And if he could, the curse would be broken and he would have his power back. And if not, he and his court must report back to her and she would rule over them all. And just to add a challenge, she affixed masks to all of the faces mm-hmm. of the spring court. Yes. <gasps> oh my so God. That's Amarantha <laughs> and the curse. <laughs> it's like three or I think it's like two or three pages of like backstory and i feel like i'm reading yeah. twilight again because that's what stephanie meyer did it's just ch- paragraphs upon it's paragraphs so upon much. paragraphs of dialogue from alice yeah. and i was like speaking of alice her anger here justified yes. but misplaced explain to me how this is favorite's fault she didn't know anything like yeah alice wtf you're supposed to be the reasonable one you have been up until this point mm-hmm. what's going on here dude and then like in turn Farah then starts to blame herself and she's like apologizing profusely for not breaking a curse that she literally knew nothing about it's not the vibe ridiculous <laughs> at all like i don't love alice saying tamlin did everything he could when he quite literally sat on his ass for 49 years and was just like a little crotchety about the curse and then got his ass in gear when it was close to being like time's up let's go Mm -hmm. i don't especially because she's she's been a character throughout this whole book and will continue to be a character throughout the rest of the series Mm -hmm. who questions tamlin's Uh judgment she questions everyone regardless of their status Tamlin is not above her scrutiny. Yep. And so her being like, he did everything that he could. He did the best he could. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe it was like 
really emotionally damaging yeah. for him. I'm sure that it was. Yeah. But he did not do everything no. that he could. No. And that's something I'm going to comment on, like, the further we get into the end of this book. Like, we just see just how stagnant Tamlin is as a character. He does nothing. He will just sit there and sit there and sit there and literally do fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I noted that this the explanation of the curse is, like, one of the last nods we get to beauty and the beast in this book like it's a very similar vibe to the beast curse like a human has to fall in love with him and who could ever love a beast and then tamlin's face is like hidden behind his mask ergo hiding his true beauty but something i wanted to ask what the reference had been too on the nose had amarantha made him stay in his beast form like the whole time and had Feyre try to fall in love with him that way like it's giving fur furry vibes and it's a little too on the nose but something it would have been to too ponder. on the nose because then I don't I don't think you could argue that it's a Beauty and the Beast like retelling or adaptation yeah. or reimagining then it's, it's just, just Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, Beast. yep it's just Beauty and that's the Beast. what I thought and also I was like I don't know man it'd be kind of <laughs> weird to read Feyre's like inner monologue about falling in love with this beast I don't think I'm here yeah. for it I think it I don't want to me... read that <laughs> the... imagine like the bigger ick we would have had about Tamlin though like we already don't like Tam Tam and just imagine that but beastie Tam Tam I also want to mention Feyre uh, demands that Alice show her the way, and Alice is like, no, that's dumb. This is fate. The cauldron has decided it. And Feyre's like, well, I don't believe in fate, nor do I believe in some ridiculous cauldron. <laughs> I love her. And only, only a human would be stupid enough and brave enough <laughs> to hope that deeply in love to defy what Alice calls fate. Yeah. Like, only a human could do that, which is, in part, why it's so important that the curse demanded a human. Yeah. Because only a human would, would be, be stupid yeah. enough to square up against yeah, Amarantha. Ab absolutely. Only a human or Rhysand. True. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah. So Alice leads Feyre to the entrance of Under the Mountain. Feyre is clearly terrified and literally has no plan, but she starts her journey through the tunnels until she is then captured by the Adder. This is a short little transitional chapter, but Feyre does say something that is important, which is, quote, killing animals and the Naga had been one thing, but killing any others. Oh. Which is foreshadowing to what's going to happen at the end of the book. And it's also, I, we had talked about at the beginning of the book, how we wanted to revisit how she describes what she's feeling while killing Andres to how she feels at the end of the book when she has to do the terrible things she has mm -hmm. to do. And this is like a midpoint where she has not yet been faced with the horrors of Under the Mountain, yeah. which are going to be completely life-altering to her. And so you see her go from this heartless, heartless not heartless yeah. but this person who has no love in their heart and only hate for the fae uh -huh. who says things like good riddance to this <laughs> creature that might be fae that she's about to kill mm -hmm. versus this this person she is now who is like i could never imagine doing such things True. like that's unimaginable mm -hmm. to me now and then we'll revisit again at the end <sighs> how she describes what she's going through. Yep. Uh, so then Feyre is brought before Amarantha, and she tries to claim Tamlin. She then sees what happened to Claire, and she becomes desperate, and she kind of enters a bargain with Amarantha. 
She has to complete three tasks and the curse will be broken and Tamlin and his court will be freed. Or she can solve a riddle and they'll be freed instantly. Um, she's beaten and then she passes out. So she like opts to not do the riddle initially, I don't think. Or she doesn't have the option. One of the she, doesn't, she doesn't know the That's riddle yet. That's what I yet. thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amarantha gives her the riddle the next day. Um, Feyre not paying attention to the wording of this bargain makes me so mad. She's so stupid in this book. But then she's so smart in every other one. And she's smart up until this point in this book, too. I was going to say, like, when she first... She's cunning. Yeah, when she first came to the spring court, she also would have been able... Like, if this was, like, beginning of the book Feyre, she would have been noticed picking out the wording of this because she's like i don't trust Faye. i don't trust this mm-hmm. bitch she wouldn't like wait mm-hmm. only one of these has instantaneously in it the other one just says his court will be free but doesn't like state a specific time that seems a little sus i'm not gonna mm-hmm. agree that bargain i'm gonna keep like whittling it away this fair is like oh yeah sure i'm like girl i get you're desperate but like i want you to think about what you're doing for like a hot sack <laughs> also important to note that tamlin doesn't show any signs of recognizing or caring for her he literally says he doesn't know who she is and Mm -hmm. i'm like bro the the jig is up like we know what's going on here you don't have to pretend like i know what you're trying to do but it's it's not working Mm -hmm. that's so stupid (laughs) we'll talk more about it later yes anyway Feyre wakes up in a cell, terribly injured, and she can hear sounds of torture happening around her. Lucian sneaks in to heal her and then scolds her for coming at Mm -hmm. all. The next morning, she's brought before Amarantha, who demands to know her name and threatens to have Rhysan destroy Lucian's mind if no one will tell her. Feyre gives in, tells her her name to save Mm -hmm. Lucian. Amarantha then gives Feyre the riddle and sends her back to her cell to await her first task. I'm going to read the riddle for you now. (laughs) There are those who seek me a lifetime, but never we meet, and those I kiss, but who trample me beneath ungrateful feet. At times I seem to favor the clever and the fair, but I bless all those who are brave enough to dare. By large my ministrations are soft-handed and sweet, but scorned I become a difficult beast to defeat. For, For though each of my strikes lands a powerful blow, when I kill, I do it slow. I just want to revisit revisit on page five of this book when Feyre says quote my life boiled down to one question oof also Feyre's so stupid okay (laughs) she's so dumb but (laughs) well and it's not even for not cracking the riddle I I will admit I cracked the riddle I sat there and I went well it's love but I'm also a person who fully understands that I'm reading a book about love you know like this is a this is a fantasy romance novel the entire theme of the book is love so like that corny shit it's gonna be easier for me to figure out i only give her a little bit of credit with the riddle thing though because same Mm -hmm. girl i literally felt so stupid because i couldn't figure out that riddle when i first read it and everybody on tiktok's like oh my god it's so easy and i'm like well i must be fucking stupid then I'm so bad at riddles. I am ashamed to the Ravenclaw name. Wouldn't be able to get into my fucking common room. Been bad at riddles. 
Also, Lucian's back. Yay, Lucy. Lucy is back, baby. I question him, though. Yeah. Because Favor makes it sound like the only reason he does anything, like heal her or refuse to give up her name, is because he cares so much about Tamlin. And that just, it makes me sad. It's so not true. You'd think he'd care about her at least a little. But, yeah. quote, you know, you were always a better friend to me than I was to you. He says that in the third book. And that's mm-hmm. a line for a reason, you know? It's true. (sighs) What a complicated friendship dynamic. Mm -hmm. Anyways. uh, First task, let's go. Okay. (laughs) So her first task, Feyre is tasked with hunting the Midingard worm through a maze. Um, Feyre realizes that the worm is blind and then camouflages herself by covering herself in the mud of the maze, which is probably worm shit. Um, she sets a <laughs> trap for it by breaking apart bones from its lair and putting them in the ground as spikes. She then lures the worm there and she ends her task by hurling a mud-covered bone at Amarantha and then realizes that her arm is broken. The bone is literally pushing up through the skin, but she like she beat that first task and Amarantha was like, fuck, I underestimated her. When Resand says Feyre just oh. made herself invisible, it's one of my favorite Resand lines. Like, it's highly lighted in my book it's so cute. because i just oh him him saying that him smiling uh-huh. at her from the edge of the pit his violet eyes twinkling that's what i needed that's all i needed kicking, to be completely yes. lost for this character kicking my feet <laughs> and squealing this is when when i first read it i was like tam tam who tam who <laughs> i'm like the dark morally gray like dark haired morally gray like you know anti-hero is here say less Mm-hmm. And he's admiring her for her oh, cunning and her bravery. Yes, I love uh-huh. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So also, Lucian risking everything to scream, on your left! 10 out of 10, love to see yes. it. Yes. Love to I see love it. Lucy. This is probably my favorite chapter in this entire book. It's so book. good. I love seeing Feyre this is, win. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is Feyre at her best. Mm-hmm. This is the cunning huntress that we see throughout the rest of the series, and I love her. But I missed her up until this point. Yes. You know, I, I missed her mm-hmm. when she was in the spring court and didn't have anything to do. Oh, yeah. She was so bored. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is the favor I love. Agreed. I think she's so insanely clever in this moment. And like Amarantha, she fucking underestimated her because she was like, oh, shit. I thought she was going to get her ass whooped. Um, but then mm-hmm. that's why I think the next trial is like insanely hard and like draws on her major fucking weakness because Amaranth is like, well, I'm not making that mistake again. <laughs> My thing is that I think it's so funny that Amarantha just happens to choose a task that Feyre will fail. Amarantha doesn't know that Feyre is illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves before yeah. that happens. <laughs> So after the trial, Feyre is thrown back into the dungeon and she realizes that the wound on her arm is infected. She's on the verge of death when Rhysand comes into her cell and offers her a bargain. In exchange for healing her arm, she will spend two weeks of every month of his choosing in the night court with him. Feyre bargains for a week in the night court instead of two and Rhysand agrees. The bargain is shown on her skin as a tattoo with swirls of black ink and a large cat eye in the center of her palm. Mm-hmm. Just noting this is where we start to see the little glimmer of the Hades and Persephone inspiration we see in Akamath. I don't think it's as heavy as the Beauty and the Beast stuff in this book, but it's like it's like a little glimmering. Um, mm-hmm. And like Feyre, I love how she like resents the tattoo of the Night Court because she's like, "Fuck, Tam Tam's gonna freak out when he sees this." 
It's not lost on me that Resand fixes a broken piece of Feyre's body and then marks her as his, yeah. just like he heals her heart and it becomes his in Akamath. Mm. Also, <laughs> Resand says, quote, I bet you'll be spitting in Death's face when she comes to claim you too. And I just think that's funny because Nesta, Lady Death, when we see her in the next book, the first thing Feyre does to Nesta is snap at her uh-huh. and deliver that like i can eat fight and fuck as well as i as well as i could when yep. i'm a human right yes yes i so love that line. i just think it's funny <laughs> i i think it's i think it's funny that she literally does just spit in the face of lady death <laughs> yes i am so here for it so the next thing that happens is in between the first and second trial of Feyre is has to do this impossible housework starting with scrubbing a hallway with a dirty bucket of water. The water's filthy, so it's not cleaning anything. And then the High Lady of the Autumn Court, Lucian's mother, shows up. Um, She thanks Feyre for giving Amarantha her name to save Lucian's life, and she uses magic to give Feyre clean water, which I thought was very sweet. Um, And then the next day, she's supposed to pick lentils out of the ash in someone's fireplace. We learn that it's Rhysand's room. And Reese comes in. They do a cute little banter. I love their banter. Um, and he cleans the lentils out of for her via magic. And then when the guards come back, he tells them to not give her any more household chores. Feyre is taken back to her little cell in the dungeon. <laughs> SJM really said, let's give him a little Cinderella task <laughs> in the middle of this Beauty and the Beast story. It's as so a little treat. Fucking random. Especially the lentils like, and the ashes. I was like... It's literally <laughs> directly from Cinderella. Yeah, I was like... Okay, SJM, I see you. What are you doing with this fairy tale analogy? She all over right now. Also, when um, she describes Reese sprawled out on the bed uh. because she says like there was a shadow that came into the room and then sprawled out on the bed, and Reese is like propping his hand, her his chin up on his hand, and I just imagine him laying on his stomach and like kicking his feet behind <laughs> him like the Cheshire Cat or like a middle school girl. Like this, this man is a princess. He is. He's so precious. I love him. Also, this is the first time he calls Feyre, Feyre darling. And he lets her see his wings. He lets Feyre see his wings. Oh my god. I didn't even like, I knew he did it, but it took me to reread it to be like, oh my god. This man is so infatuated with her already. He's like, I'm gonna call her darling. I'm gonna let her see my wings. He he he. I like her. It's cute as fuck. It's adorable. I love them. (laughs) The next night, she's escorted out of the dungeon by two women who dress her in a revealing dress with body paint. Resand reveals that she's his date to the party, and the paint is to show everyone that, one, he is hers. Or, sorry, that, one, she is his, and, two, it will show him if anyone touches her because it will smudge the paint, specifically whether or not Tamlin touches her. (laughs) <laughs> then Feyre drinks fairy wine so that she doesn't remember anything that happens that night. And it's notable that Feyre doesn't just decide to drink the wine. Resand specifically yeah. gives it to her and orders her to drink it. Resand also, during this scene, tells Amarantha about the bargain and how it'll be for the rest of Feyre's life. So he, when they enter the party, tells uh, Tamlin and Amarantha about the bargain mm-hmm. that he and Feyre made one week every month in the night court for the rest of her life, mm-hmm. implying that her life's going to be long. Mm-hmm. And Feyre realizes that this means he thinks she'll beat the tasks, which is 
obvious to me considering yeah. the fact that he's the only one who bet on her yeah i was in the say, first task i was gonna say he is constantly in her corner and i love reese continuously giving her that little confidence boost because my girl she'd be needing it she'd be down in her luck and he's just like i got you babe babe not say babe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i love reese and putting her in a crown <laughs> she's already his queen I and i love, love that. it <laughs> I, I, I don't love the revealing dress moment. I'm not going to lie. I think that's a little yeah, you no. sees when he does that. And I'm like, Reese, mm-hmm. come on, honey. We're better than this. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, un- <laughs> I understand that you have a role to play yeah. and that she has a role to play yeah. in this. But, like, uh, it, just, it just, it upsets it's... me. It upsets me. And we'll talk yeah. more about it later mm-hmm. when we talk about unhealthy relationships. Yeah. But it, mm. it's not my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Mm-mm. Um, so the next day, Lucian comes to her cell and tells her a little bit of what happened the night prior. Um, and then he kind of chastises her because he's like, Feyre, I would have come to help you. I just, I had to wait a little bit longer. Um, but he reassures her by telling her that when she, when she beats the trials, they'll get her out of the bargain with Reese. Um, so every night brings more fairy wine and dancing for Rhysand. Uh, she learns that his court fell too. Um, and then Rhysand also has to kill a, fa- a fairy that tried to escape to the spring court, and that's the night fairy decides, oh my god, and that's the night Feyre decides to get drunk on fairy wine again to forget that it happens. Like, she's actively choosing now, because she's like, I hate my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Rhysand also gets drunk with her mm-hmm. that night after he kills that fairy. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that the line, I've seen enough of you through that gown to last me a lifetime, mm-hmm. is peak Lucian, and I love him, oh, 10 out of 10. Same. I'm so mm-hmm. here for it. Um, also, finding out that Tamlin isn't under a spell and is just letting all of this happen drives me nuts. We'll talk more yep. about it later. Passive as fuck. Um, I kind of love that this is where we start to see more of Feyre being in tune with Rhysand's feelings. Like, like mm-hmm. they're part of her. Like, she actively is feeling something. And she's like, oh, it's just the tattoo. And I'm like, no, bitch. That's your mating bond. Like, this is where we see Feyre beginning to feel sympathy for Rhysand. Mm-hmm. And I'm obsessed with the fact that the only reason she can see through his mask is because she's yeah. human and doesn't know anything about him. Everyone who's born in Prithian grows up on Tales of Rhysand, mm-hmm. this most powerful high lord in the history of Prithian, lord of darkness, you know, dangerous, cunning, evil. And she doesn't know those stories. No. And so she just sees him as another pompous dick, yeah. a powerful pompous dick, but it, but just another dick. Yeah. And <laughs> it allows... It, it allows her to be the only person to truly see him or see just glimpses of him because mm-hmm. no one else will take the time to look or notice. So then the second trial is here and Feyre has to answer a question that is written on the wall by selecting the corresponding lever. So like she has to come up with the answer and then select the lever that corresponds with that lever. Or sorry, with that answer. Mm-hmm. If she chooses wrong, she and Lucian will both be impaled by giant flaming spikes. Yeah. Lucian's chained down on the other oh. side of this arena. And she she's literally fighting for their lives. Yeah. The entire time he's screaming at her, please, Favor, uh-huh. just pick one. Solve it. Help. I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. You know? But Favor is still illiterate. <laughs> and she's panicking because she can't read oh, anything. She girl. tries guessing. She tries guessing. Um... But when she goes to pull 
the lever, there's a hot burning sensation that runs down her arm until she chooses the right lever. So when she reaches for lever number one, hot burning sensation. Lever number two, hot burning mm-hmm. sensation. Lever number three, absolutely nothing. Yep. So she pulls lever number three and saves herself and Lucian from dying. After the task, Resan speaks in her mind um, and tells her not to cry and to stare Amarantha down and walk back to her cell. And once the cell door closes behind her, then she can cry. Oh, but she does. It's... Like, she notes his calm voice tethering her to sanity and that his words were holding her together. Um, and we're going to talk about this later, but, like, I like comparing this to earlier in the book with Tamlin, and we just see how fucking different these two relationships are, like, based on chemistry and, like, the degree of, like, emotions involved. Like, Resand is literally tethering her to the moment mm-hmm. and helping her get through this really difficult fucking hard chapter. Amarantha calls Feyre Feyre darling in this chapter, and I hate that SJM wrote that. I just hate it. Mm -hmm. I hate it so much. Yeah. The same way that only Lucian can call Tamlin Tam, only Resand can call Feyre Feyre darling. Yeah. Especially because it becomes his nickname Mm -hmm. for her. And so to have their literal tormentor call her that is just upsetting to me, and I hate that SJM did that. Yep. Also, while she's trying to solve the riddle, she reaches for lever number two and reasons that it's the right answer and a good guess because two is like her and Tamlin, just the two of them, as if Lucian hadn't been there the entire time. She's so stupid. I hate being in this bitch's head. But also, her fucking logic, and she was like, yeah, one is wrong because, like, individuality bad don't like amarantha individual three too crowded my sister's in a cabin so avi it's two and i was like amarantha does not have that logic you dumb bitch that is your fucking logic be better (laughs) it's so bad also um so Alyssa's the one who uh, wrote up all of our plot notes for this episode and I just have to yell that Alyssa, you forgot the most important part of this chapter. I know it was in my after she goes back to her cell and she's crying. Resand shows up and pulls an Edward Cullen by licking away her teeth. I literally had that in my original original notes, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just trying to be really bare bones minimum with my plot notes. I'll just not include this, and then I'm just <laughs> kicking so myself. Important. It is. It is. I'm like, why did I do that? I hate myself. I'm just like Farah. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> stupid, 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 but literate. But literate—that's what matters. Uh, <laughs> um, so a couple days pass, and then she's escorted by the handmaidens to Reese's chamber again. And then she hears some adder talking in the hall about the king of Highburn not being happy about the situation with the bargain, like he thinks Amarantha should have just fucking killed Feyre. And the adder mentions something about like Amarantha does not take a bargain. That does not give her the advantage. That night, Feyre is losing hope the closer the third trial comes. And at this point, she literally just wants to fucking die. She is so miserable. She is losing steam. Um, and then beautiful music starts to fill her cell. And then, like, the, the ceilings get flooded with, like, 
light and the stars and the night sky and like it makes her remember joy and how beautiful it is to be alive and it gives her hope it makes her cry it's such a beautiful moment and when they do this in the show they better do it fucking right that's all i have to say <laughs> i have high standards for this obviously this is reese um he is literally doing the most for her for like enduring these trials versus tam tam who is literally doing nothing um and i want to punch him because he's being stupid and reese is like here you go Farah. i'm gonna heal you i'm gonna help lift your spirits i'm gonna do all these things to help you continue on and tam tam's just sitting there like yeah pop off and i hate him <laughs> at the end of this chapter Farah references the eddies of the cauldron which is something that just like eight chapters ago she said she did not believe in so some during some time under the mountain she has started to believe in it and i choose to believe that it's because she's feeling hopelessness unlike any which she has felt before mm -hmm. even when she was starving in the human lands she had never felt hopelessness like this mm -hmm. and so it's like that lyric in taylor swift's soon you'll get better yeah. where she says holy orange bottles each night i pray to you desperate people find faith so now i pray to jesus too oh. it's like that where Feyre is so desperate and so out of control and so hopeless that she has to believe that there is a higher power that is causing this to happen to her and that has some sort of plan. And she's so out of control that all she can do is lay it into the hands of that higher power. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. That makes a lot of sense. So then it's time to be Reese's escort again. But at this party, she and Tamlin are able to sneak away together and instead of trying to help her, Tamlin decides that right now is a great time to have sex. And this gets this gets harped on a lot, mm -hmm. and I will also harp on him. But I will also say that Feyre wanted it too. She literally she says, I wanted him here yeah, and now. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we're mad at Tamlin for not helping her, but also, like, Feyre want, wanted to have sex too. Like, it's not mm -hmm. a consent issue. It's just him having bad priorities in the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Reese catches them making out and then uh, dismisses Tamlin. Is like, what the fuck were you thinking? Go back to Amarantha. Yep. He does so. And then um, Reese hand gets all in Feyre's face and is like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> what were you thinking? You could have ruined this whole thing. Do you know what would have happened if she had found you guys mm -hmm. instead of me? And Feyre's so mad at him. But then all of a sudden, Reese, Reese leans in and kisses her. And it's it's giving Jacob Black oh, in is. Eclipse. Um, but he kisses her and then Amarantha and Tamlin walk in. Amarantha mm -hmm. catches them. And uh, he dismisses Feyre as like, go back to yourself for the rest of the night. And Feyre starts to question, did he kiss me just to kiss me? Or was it to cover up? all of the smudges of paint that uh -huh. I have on my body from Tamlin. Yep. Because Tamlin is now free of paint and pristine, and Rhysand mysteriously has paint all over his hands, even though the only place he touched me was to grab my arms. Mm -hmm. And so she starts to think, huh, what a sneaky little bastard. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when she asks him, like, why does he even care if like 
Amarantha catches them and he gets so upset. He's like, why do I care? And I'm like, oh, Feyre, can you not see that this man fucking like he, he I don't know if he loves her yet, but he's definitely infatuated with her. Um, He can sense like something between them, but also she could save them all. She could literally save mm-hmm. them all from Amarantha. And it and she, she's he's just like she thinks so little of him. But at the same time, she doesn't judge him the same way other fairies do. And it just hurts my heart. So we get more recent Feyre time in the dungeon. Uh, so he comes down after the party to clear his head. They have a really cute heart-to-heart. And Feyre admits to him that she would have agreed to any terms when they made the bargain. And Reese is just like, yeah, I know. And it's like a really cute, tender moment. Kind of offset what had just happened. Mm-hmm. Feyre also says it because she wants to test and... She's starting to believe that Resand might not actually be as bad as everyone claims mm-hmm. he is and that he's not actually the villain in this story. Mm-hmm. And she has to test that by saying this to him. Like, yeah. I would have agreed to anything. Mm-hmm. Like, she's making sure he knew that and he understood what yeah. he had agreed to by letting her have any power in that situation. Mm-hmm. Because if he was truly evil, he wouldn't have let her. Yes, I love I love that. I also just Reese is being so soft and open with Feyre, fully knowing that like she could use this information to like stab him in the back at any point in time. Mm-hmm. He's like fully putting his trust in her to be like this open and honest with her. And I'll talk about this more later, but it's very very different from her relationship with Tamlin, where he keeps things so guarded and close, and Reese is just like, "Here's my soul, you can have it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reese Han makes a comment during this during this chapter about the anger that he feels coming off of Tamlin. (laughs) And he says to Feyre, oh, you should have been born with my abilities if only to have felt the rage that seeped from him. And I'm just like, ha, 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 (laughs) She might not have been born with them, but she will be reborn Uh with them. It's the final task. Oh, God. And Feyre has to stab three innocent fairies in the heart. Yeah. She's obviously horrified at the thought of killing these innocent people she kills the first two fey and it's revealed that the third one is actually tamlin but she remembers alice's advice to keep her ears open Mm -hmm. and actually listen to what she hears and so she remembers these references to tamlin having a heart of stone and so she says that she loves him and stabs him and the dagger breaks on his stone heart Mm -hmm. So this is where we see the change in Feyre. Uh, So she had to kill animals in the woods to survive, to help her family survive. So they literally would not starve. And she hated that. Every single second of killing of hunting, she did not like. So like it's elevated to when she killed Andras, beginning of the novel. And then she Mm -hmm. now has to murder innocent fairies. This is very much representative of killing the human side of herself, basically, I think, and being forced to let that sort of innocence go. And she's like, Mm -hmm. she's completely moving out of the human world now and herself. And it's so Mm -hmm. fucking heartbreaking to watch her have to struggle with this. Mm -hmm. Um, If I could just read um, those passages one Mm -hmm. more time. From the beginning of the book, when she kills Andres, she says, If this was indeed a fairy's heart pounding under that fur, then good riddance. Good riddance after all their kind had done to us. I wouldn't risk this one later creeping into our village to slaughter and maim and torment. Let him die here and now. I'd be glad to end him. 
That's page six. Mm. Page 293, as she heads under the mountain, she says, uh, I had to find where Amarantha kept him and hopefully not run into anyone in the process. Killing animals in Naga had been one thing. But killing others, I took several deep breaths, bracing myself. It was the same as hunting, only this time the animals were fairies. Fairies who could torture me endlessly, torture me until I begged for death, torture me the same way they tormented that summer court fairy whose wings had been ripped off. Page 389, as she's presented with her final task. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. It wasn't, it wasn't like hunting. It wasn't for survival or defense. It was cold-blooded murder. The murder of them, of my very soul. But for Prithian, for Tamlin, for all of them here, for Alice and her boys, I wished I knew the name of one of our forgotten gods so that I might beg them to intercede. Wished I knew any powers at all to plead for guidance, for absolution. Oh. Remember at the end of the first chapter when Faerus said this was the forest and it was winter? As if that was the most brutal she'd ever have to be? Mm, yeah about that my poor girl about that <laughs> mm-hmm. oh it's just so cruel because the whole point of the curse was having to turn her like the hate in her heart into love and now that she has love for Faye, she now has to kill them again innocent Faye mm-hmm. again and it's fucking horrible and amarantha is a f- absolute monster but mm-hmm. like okay so then amarantha is enraged and everybody in like the the spectators are like she did it we're free right like let her, let us go let her, let her go but amarantha is pissed and she's like just say you didn't love him or whatever like a bunch and then she goes to kill Feyre. she's refusing to let the fae go um she continues to slam Feyre against the stone floor reese calls out for her and he keeps yelling out for her um and eventually he goes to try and stab amarantha amarantha throws him off, off her um, Amarantha keeps hurting Feyre. Finally, Tamlin interjects, and he begs her to stop, but that's all he does. Um, and eventually when Amarantha keeps saying, like, just tell me you'd never loved him, it was all a lie, Feyre suddenly realizes the answer to the riddle is love. And she says that. And then Amarantha snaps her neck. Oh, Something <laughs> that just, I, I need to point out about this section Amarantha hurts Reese, but then continues to hurt him. Like, takes a break from hurting Feyre Mm -hmm. to punish Reese for betraying her. And I just want to read this passage from page 400. With wave after wave, she hit him. Reese groaned. Stop, I breathed, blood filling my mouth as I strained a hand to reach her feet. Please. Reese's arms buckled as he fought to rise, as blood dripped from his nose, splattering on the marble. His eyes met mine. The bond between us went taut. I flashed, my, I flashed between my body and his, seeing myself through his eyes, bleeding and broken and sobbing. Uh, also, I know that Tamlin is actively healing from a stab oh my God, wound, no but excuse. explain to me why this is just the reason favor show and no one else is doing anything. He literally... Why is no one else doing anything? And it kills me. The only thing he actually does is speak up. He literally just like, please... Mm-hmm. Please stop, stop it, Marantha. And literally still isn't doing as much as Resan, where he's, Resan's like, I, I'm ready to go fucking die for Feyre because I, like, physically cannot watch her get pummeled into the ground and have Tamlin not do anything. 
Um, mm-hmm. But we kind of learned well, once again, <laughs> the only people stupid enough to fight Amarantha are an illiterate human <laughs> and Resand. Yeah, okay. That's true. <laughs> That's so true, and I feel like it's partial mating bond, partial whatever else he feels towards Feyre that he's not aware is the mating bond yet. It's just, he's mm-hmm. so desperate to save Feyre. He's also just so desperate to save himself mm-hmm. and everyone else and his family. Like, Reese is so desperate at this point, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start comparing traumas yeah. and say that he had the most traumatic experience under the mountain. But I won't say that because I, I can't say that with certainty. No, I agree. But he was literally kept as a sex slave mm-hmm. for fifty years. Yeah. That man has a bone to pick, and he's gonna pick it straight into Amarantha's heart if he can. Oh yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Favor solves the riddle, but immediately upon solving the riddle, Amarantha cracks her neck okay oh. she dies <laughs> but then Feyre is dead but she's seeing what's going on through someone else's eyes she watches as Lucian removes his fox mask mm-hmm. and blinding light just releases into the into the throne room Tamlin transforms into his beast form now back at full power with the curse broken and lunges for Amarantha he eventually murders her by tearing out her throat and stabbing her and then falls to his knees and collects Feyre's broken body into his arms and is sobbing. People are crying all around them. And all of the High Lords, one by one, approach Feyre's body and give her a drop of power for what she gave. Oh. Mm. Also, she realizes, like, at the very tail end, because when Resand starts moving, because she's just like, oh yeah, this is whoever person I'm part of. And then she's like... Mm-hmm. She realizes it's Reese. Yeah, and she's like, Resand's carrying a shred of her soul with him. And I don't know why, like, that, the poetry of that line fucking breaks me. And also breaks me that we're seeing the very end of human Feyre and her literal mm-hmm. transformation into Fey. And it's just, it's very emotional. So much is going on. I'm also obsessed with Lucian and Tamlin being such a well-oiled and in-tune machine that Lucian can just yell, Tam, and throw him a sword. Mm-hmm. It's badass. I love badass. that. I am a fan. <laughs> Fascinating to me that Baron is the first to come forward. Baron, who historically is one of the High Lords that allied himself with Amarantha, mm-hmm. who is arguably the most antagonistic and i won't say evil but just terrible yeah. of the high lords in the next few books he's the first one to come forward and offer that drop of power to save Feyre, mm-hmm. and that's just very interesting to me because i would have thought it would have been like helian Same. or thesson yeah. or some one of the more neutral yeah. courts. Even Tarquin. Or like Callias. You no. Know? Callias is- I would have thought it would have been anyone other than Baron. Literally, yeah. Because he's... It's something that's going to be mentioned in the third book. But like, mm-hmm. they don't want to give away their power that they just got back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he wouldn't feel any sympathy for no, her. No, he doesn't know her. It's Baron. Yeah. He doesn't care about her. No. She's just some human. He would have been like, what a shame. She's dead. At least we're free, though. Literally. (laughs) Also, I'm convinced that SJM didn't decide that Helion was Lucian's real father until Akamath, because Feyre comments that 
Baron and Lucian look alike. She says, <gasps> quote, a tall, handsome, brown-haired male with a face similar to Lucian's. Mm. And I, I know that, like, everyone from the Autumn Court just kind of vaguely looks the same yeah. because the Autumn Court is not a court that really has a lot of ties or, like, um, marriages outside of their yeah. own court. And so everyone looks vaguely similar. Yes. Who lives in the autumn court. And so it could just be that because Lucian looks like his mom, mm-hmm. he kind of looks like Baron as well. Yeah. But uh, I just think that I just think that SJM wanted to spice things up in Akamath and didn't remember what she'd written in Avatar. I agree. Because like usually she's pretty good about the crumbs, but like with this at least, it was so small she was like, I decided to change my mind. It, this mm-hmm. book is in print, but my mind has been changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so Feyre, she wakes up and she realizes she's high Fey because all of her senses are like heightened. It's like when Bella wakes up as a vampire, she's like, whoa, I can see <laughs> dust particles now. Um, and she reunites with Tamlin. She finally sees the face behind the mask and she's like, whoa, this guy's super fucking hot. Um, then one, she there's like a bunch of like meetings and stuff between the courts and stuff and people are thanking her and like on their knees in front of her being like you saved us you saved us but she just feels like shit um Mm -hmm. when she's away from the other fae she is just wrestling with the murder she committed and how she is supposed to move forward with her life as an immortal realizing she has like the rest of time to have to deal with this shit that she did done and then her and tamlin have sex and Mm -hmm. I want to point out because it's it's a big thing in the next book and I'm not trying to defend Tamlin's actions in the next book because what he does is truly abhorrent and abusive and is mm-hmm. in no way okay. Yep. But I just want to point out that Feyre in this chapter in this moment she thinks that Tamlin is going to want to bring up the murders and shit mm-hmm. and she's the one who tells him no not now let's talk about it later and initiate sex as a way to avoid talking about their problems she's the one who starts that Mm -hmm. so like i don't know i just think that it's another source of Feyre being an unreliable narrator which we've talked about before um where she's not being entirely truthful come akamath about the times that she is using it as an escape or a way to not talk about it as well it's not just tamlin ignoring everything it's also her actively hiding things and covering them up and using him as a distraction and a scapegoat just as much as he uses her it's a very bad coping mechanism on both sides horrible not Mm -hmm. good i think she does i think once she is like processed and healed her trauma in akamath she's like yeah i realized that like the only good thing we were we did together was the physical stuff because that was Mm -hmm. both the way we were dealing with our own demons and we couldn't find the words for dealing with that but i'm just like yeah Mm -hmm. this is the very start of her using that as a coping mechanism because it's easier than talking to tamlin (laughs) but on the uh on the other hand i could also argue that tamlin's the first one who initiates that by getting her alone under the mountain and wanting to bone instead of trying to help her escape and so it, it's a question of who sets that precedent. Mm-hmm. Does Tamlin set it when he does that during that party? Or does Feyre set that precedent now? Yeah. Um, this... And then that just becomes their routine. 
This is very true. So Feyre is pulled from her sleep by a deep tugging in her gut and meets up with Rhysand on a balcony. Feyre asks him why he tried to save her and he tells her that he doesn't want to fight or didn't want her to fight or die alone. And right before he leaves, he gets this like shock on his face Mm -hmm. and goes absolutely rigid and like stumbles backward and he just disappears and Feyre's like what the fuck just happened (laughs) and also because she it's like italicized that it's like he stumbled and she's like Mm -hmm. shook it and she's like what's going and then he's gone and I love this section Mm -hmm. because we're seeing like crumbs that we're gonna get in Akamap we're seeing the relationship between them start to bud and how honest they are with each other and Rhysand so badly wants to be the good guy in Feyre's eyes and uh, I love their honesty and I love when the mating pod snaps into place I'm like so the first time that I found out the plot of this book I admittedly was not reading it myself I was listening to someone else summarize it but it was very bare bones summary no opinions, no spoilers were given, mm-hmm. just them detailing what happened in the book. Yes. Think a spark note summary, yes. okay? And they got to this point, and I literally screamed, they're made <laughs> at the ceiling. <laughs> Clearly, they're mates. They're mates. <laughs> I love that so much. Also, I want to talk about the fact that his wings are out, mm-hmm. and... Um, he says, I tell very few about the wings, but he's been letting Feyre see them throughout this entire last chunk of the yeah. book. And that just makes me kick my feet. Same. <laughs> I love it. He just, uh he trusts her so much and it makes me want to cry. I love a soft, emotionally ma- available man's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, when Tamlin tries to bring up Fe- the trauma that Feyre just experienced, mm-hmm. She tells him later and refuses to address it. But when Reese asks her how she's feeling, she answers him honestly. Yeah. And that's just very telling to me yep. about what we're going to see in the next book. It's just foreshadowing for yep. the next book. Oh, yeah. That's all. Yep. I'm not going to lie. When I first like read this section, I was like, is she setting up a love triangle? Please don't do that. So happy that's not <laughs> what it was. <laughs> Um, so the ending of the book is Tamlin and Feyre leaving from under the mountain and arriving back at the spring court. Feyre kind of allows herself one last moment of serenity and just happiness to be with Tamlin before having to deal with everything that happened under the mountain. She says, let's go home. End of book. We did it. We finished. (laughs) We finished it. We're done. (laughs) Finally. So now... Now we're going to talk a little bit about some themes that we've been exploring throughout uh, the throughout our reading of this book. So as a reminder, we've been focusing on themes uh, or exploring the way that this story depicts unhealthy relationships and also Feyre's lack of self or lack of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I want to touch on is... For unhealthy relationships, I want to talk about Feyre and Reese. Oh, yes. So we know that they are mates. We know that the rest of the series is about them and their love story. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important for us to note that even all of the soft Reese-and moments in this book, we still see him be a fucking monster in this book. 
Like, in particular, I want to talk about the bargain chapter. Yes. He has these moments of gentleness during the bargain chapter that I don't want to gloss over because they're some of my, they're, mm-hmm. they're such beautiful little crumbs of Reese caring for her. Mm-hmm. Like, saying, give me your arm super softly, the lingering thoughtful gaze over her before murmuring a week it is when they make the bargain. But this man also takes the bone that's protruding out of her arm and twists it to torture her into agreeing to his Mm -hmm. bargain. He drugs her every night. Like, it it serves a higher purpose, but everything he does is still manipulative and its own form of torture. Exactly. The resand, and credit to Book Talk for Book Talk. Yes. um, (laughs) Because they're, they're the ones who kind of pointed this out to me first, and now I'm like, oh, Yep, you guys are right. Mm-hmm. The resand we get in this book is different from the resand we get in Akamath, is different from the resand we get in Akawar, is different from the resand we get in Akosith. Yes. He, just like Feyre, goes on a journey. We just aren't getting it from his POV. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, I don't think that they start in a healthy place. No. And I would argue that even through probably the first hack of half of Akamath, they are not in a healthy place. Yes. Yeah, I literally agree with that. I also think, I guess, I think it was smart of SJM to make it take so long for them to get together in Akamath too. I think that was the right thing to do because they were in such a toxic place from the get-go. Like, they both... Reese has been experiencing this really horrible trauma for about 50 fucking years. He is mm-hmm. so desperate to get out. And he's like, I think there's something between me and this human girl. So I'm going to I'm gonna try to be good. But also he's like, I'm so desperate. I'm not giving him an excuse. But I'm just trying to think of why he justifies his own behavior and sees the, mm-hmm. the bigger picture. But also is actively harming Feyre in the process and is shaping her like perspective of him when she literally has no bias from the get-go besides yeah. like what lucian and tamlin tell her and so i'm like mm-hmm. no wonder she's like spitting in your face she's not being nice to you because like you're actively kind of being a dick to her and yeah being physically abusive to her quite frankly you're twisting her broken arm like i know she's being stubborn mm-hmm. and she doesn't want you to heal it but you know that's because she has like what Tamlin's told her about you running through the back of her head she thinks this is your fault so of course she's not gonna give in and I know that he has this appearance he has to keep Mm -hmm. up and he doesn't trust Feyre enough yet to let that drop and let her see his true intentions Mm -hmm. and I get that yeah but I think that it's important that we we can recognize that and have sympathy for his situation mm-hmm. while still addressing the fact that he is not good to Feyre no. in this book. No. He simply isn't. No. And, like, I can pick at the cute moments they have. I can be like, oh, there's so many. Like, they do have some nice, like, heart-to-hearts. Do I think he's mm-hmm. a better communicator than Tamlin with Feyre? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. However, I think both couples or both relationships are still horribly toxic in this book they're just different levels mm-hmm. of toxicity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well it's like it's like 
we've always said, Reese and Tamlin are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And the, the big difference for them is the way that they treat Feyre mm-hmm. and the way that they cope with their own traumas. Yes. And we'll continue to see as we read further the differences between them and how stark mm-hmm. those differences are. But these two men are the same man. They really are. Because we'll see instances in later books of when something doesn't go Reese's way, he goes and broods. And, like, more mm-hmm. makes a comment about it in a later book. She's like, wow, no one can get Reese out of a brooding mood once he's in one. And I'm like, that sounds awfully familiar. It just materializes mm-hmm. in a very different way. Tamlin's brooding comes out in a very physical way. He has claws. He has a beast form. So he starts to transform. It's more physical mm-hmm. where Reese is more internal, which kind of lends itself to his own gift, which is more yep, internal. But then we, we will still see those flashes of uncontrolled yep. violence from Reese mm-hmm. as well. And we'll, we'll discuss yes. and explore those moments when they happen yes. further down the line. <laughs> further addressing unhealthy relationships in this book. Mm-hmm. Alyssa, you had said that yes. you uh, wanted to make sure we talked about the differences between how Lucian and Reese treat Feyre under the mountain mm-hmm. versus how Tamlin yes. treats Feyre under the mountain. Yes. And if I may mm-hmm. begin. Yes, go for it. It's unsurprising to me that Feyre opens up to Reese at the end of this book. Mm-hmm. Because he's been the one by her side through all of it. Yep. Like, th- this pain is something that happened to the two of them. Mm-hmm. While Tamlin was detached from it, it's like recounting your incredibly fresh and painful trauma to a stranger versus your best friend who watched you go through it all. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. And I understand, <laughs> I understand why Tamlin was so detached from all mm-hmm. of it. It was once again, like, we, we've watched him use detachment as a defense mechanism throughout this entire book. The difference is that this time, instead of it protecting himself, he's using it to protect Feyre. Yeah. But it's... But it's not is that actually the best way for you to no. protect Feyre? Because the, then he continues to use that detachment into the uh-huh. next book. And we see that it is not the yes. best way to protect her. Yes. I hate, and I, I hate so much that Tamlin's using that detachment as a defense mechanism to, to protect the people he loves. But when Amarantha's going to hurt Lucian, mm-hmm. he breaks his brooding and stoicism. To beg for forgiveness for Lucian and protection yep. for Lucian. But he won't do the same for Feyre, mm-hmm. who is the woman he loves. Yup. I'm like... I get that it's different. Yes. I know Lucian's Fey, he'll heal. And Amarantha won't take pleasure in killing Lucian. I get yes. it. I get I it. Guess. I really, really do. But... But I hate it. It's horrible. Like, part of me is like, okay, Lucian literally got his eye taken out because of Tamlin by Amarantha before. So, like, I, I, I'm like, listen, Tamlin, I get it. You already saw your best friend get extremely hurt on your behalf once. You're going to feel extremely guilty if it happens a second time. But also, you're actively watching Feyre get abused by Amarantha. Like, she really gets punched in the face before she's dragged down to the dungeons for the first time. He does nothing. Mm-hmm. And the thing is... Even Lucian does more for Feyre under the mountain than Tamlin does. Tamlin does nothing for Feyre. Like, yes, he asks Lucian to help, but the first time Lucian comes to heal Feyre, I think it's on his own accord. I don't think Tamlin mm-hmm. begged him. 
the second time it's like oh yeah tamlin sent me but i also think it's a little bit of lucian too that wants to help Feyre. lucian's like on your left trying to help Feyre out in the first mm-hmm. trial god knowing that it's gonna kick him in the ass later on and it does because mm-hmm. he literally is like set up for torture in the next trial lucian is there for Feyre when tamlin isn't when tamlin gets the chance to help her he doesn't no he just wants to bow yeah he doesn't even speak no. to her until resand sends him back to the party and then he just murmurs i love you Ugh. and leaves horrible i think resand maybe mentions it in the next book where he's like i thought or maybe he says that in this scene he's like i thought like when i left it, the two of you alone he would go try to save you that's that's why i did this or maybe i'm just thinking of this from somewhere it's it's in the next book and he I makes thought. a comment about i couldn't believe that when he had the chance mm-hmm. to save you all he did was try to fuck you yeah and that's just tamlin seeing Feyre as an object and i'm not saying resand also doesn't treat Feyre like an object under the mountain when he's playing mm-hmm. a certain part because he he does i.e you know the escort thing the whole branding mm-hmm. on her arm thing with the bargain like it's all very possessive but it's kind Tamlin's, like, first thought when he sees Feyre, when he's able to touch her and, like, do anything, he's like, you know what? I want a bone. And, like, I get it. You're desperate for for each other. You're going through this traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. But priorities, people. You can bone once you escape. After. Bone after you've escaped under the mountain. You must have some idea of what's going to be coming for her third trial don't you want to help her anything mm-hmm. like tam tam my fucking god and take her hand put it on your chest let her feel that you don't have a heartbeat literally anything i get if he couldn't help her escape but like give her a clue give her something a, a fucking, fucking crumb asshole the literal fucking mm. worse and like to your first point exactly Feyre, I feel like she gets so desperate. She's the only comfort she is receiving under the mountain is from Resand. So of course she feels comfortable opening up to Resand. They fucking trauma bonded together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they experienced that trauma together. He's the one who was actively helping her. She's like, I feel safe because I knew he was with me. He helped me. Like she won't admit it to herself, but like her the inner workings of her brain are like, this is the person who actually helped me through this he's the only person i feel comfortable talking to and being vulnerable like this because tamlin's gonna treat me like some breakable thing and i just want to discuss this horrible thing that happened and maybe she just doesn't trust tamlin to like handle her trauma correctly but still it's not great not good so moving forward to uh, our discussion on favor's lack of self or lack of identity um something that i think we can say generally about this book is that favor measures her purpose in the ways that others need her Mm -hmm. when she's not needed she doesn't know who she is and it bores her like that middle section of the book where she's in the spring court and no one's depending on her and she just falls into this mundanity that bores her Mm-hmm. And she feels that way when she's in the human realm, too. Yep. There's nothing for her to do there anymore. Mm-hmm. 
She only feels like herself when she's being useful to others. And that's just a sign of her lack of self. She doesn't know who she is unless she is of use to other people. And it's something that was set up by her mother having her make that promise, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep, exactly. I also want to talk about the way that at the end of this book, Feyre has to kill herself. Yeah. Um, She makes the comment that in killing these three innocents she would uh kill her very soul Mm -hmm. and i want to talk about what these three innocent fae that she has to kill could represent for her Mm -hmm. the first fairy that she has to kill is a young male youth who i think is symbolic of isaac or her past like that is symbolic of the person that she left behind or the life that she left behind the female she, that she kills next, she describes as having fa- hair like her own. She is praying and she is brave through the whole thing. And that fairy, I think, is symbolic of Feyre's idealized version of herself. This is a brave and devout person who is not afraid to meet death, who is willing to do what is uh, what needs to be done. And Feyre can't see herself that way anymore. Mm-hmm. And so she has to kill this idealized version of herself or the person that she could be. Yep. And then when she has to kill Tamlin, it's literally she has to kill her love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that in killing those innocents, she has to kill her own innocence. Yes. And um, she not only has a weak sense of self, she has to literally kill herself and her innocence and whatever sense of herself or whatever identity she had she has to kill it and then she is reborn with a new identity as favorite curse breaker high fae yep that that's good i like that a lot that's a beautiful analysis on that but like this book we watch her transform from human to fae and it is very messy she feels more comfortable i think as a human but in the human world she i feel like she doesn't feel as much as like herself as she like does in the spring core not even the spring core but like Mm -hmm. she seems to fit in with the fairies fine once she lets go of the prejudice she's eventually going to be super powerful high fae i mean she is born Mm -hmm. high fae super powerful but like the end of the book she's literally like i don't know what to do now i don't feel like myself anymore i just had to murder people i just had all these horrible traumas happen to me Sherry kind of processed her earlier trauma, which she looks in the mirror and doesn't see herself. She sees Nesta and her mother staring at her. And she kind of gets that repeated and remixed at the end where Mm. she sees, like, the pointy ears and her new immortal face. And now she's, like, and she sees that face as a murderer. That's a murderer's face. Mm -hmm. So Feyre's lack of self-worth and self-identity is just is going to be a continuous fucking theme throughout the rest of these novels because every single book she is faced with a new issue a new part of herself to like heal from or like mm-hmm. a process to go through it's not easy for her and i i think that this is a topic that i want us to continue exploring as we move forward in the series oh yeah um I think that there is a moment in this series when we see Feyre fully understand and accept herself. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to get there for a while. Yep. 
And so I want us to continue talking about this topic as we move forward. I agree, especially at the beginning of Agamath. It's going to be good to bring up this topic again. It's going to be very relevant still. So Alyssa, before we before we close this book completely, we've been refraining from talking about like favorite characters and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, because we were in the middle of the book and I just wanted to check in again. And once again, I know that your favorite characters in the series have not yet popped up, but if you were to choose a favorite character just from this book, who would your favorite character just from this book be? Oh, that's just from how they're presented. Okay. In this book too. Okay. Okay. I love if you had read, if you had read this book as a standalone novel before you oh. knew there was a series, which of the characters would have been your favorite? I kind of hate that I'm going to say Resand, but I think it's going to be Resand. I love a complicated, morally gray character. He would have intrigued. I think that's a strong. Choice. Yeah, he would have intrigued me. Feyre, I mm-hmm. I love her. She's a second choice. I think her and Lucian mm-hmm. are like tied for two. Lucian and Reese yes. would have been my favorites. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we already know. I love yep. Lucian. Um, I think if we only had this novel as a standalone. Uh, he and Resand, I think, might be tied, yeah. or Reese might be just below him. Yes, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Wow, now I'm really sad thinking about if we had just had this book as a standalone. <sighs> right, I would have been so dissatisfied oh, by I the end have, of this. Book. Oh, the end would have fucking murdered me. I would have been, especially. I would have loved Resand so much. I already do. I do, but like mm-hmm. her connection with him and be like, I, we didn't explore this romantically. Oh, I've been so I would angry. have taken this book and thrown it against a oh, wall. Oh, same. I've been so mad because I would have been like, you wrote this incredibly complex, morally gray villain mm-hmm. character and you didn't utilize him at all. No, he was what barely is there. wrong with you? Literally barely <laughs> fucking there. And when he pops up, it's like magic. And I'm mm-hmm. like, are you kidding me? Tim Tam is who she ends up with. And <laughs> Tamitha. Tamitha. We don't have a personality quiz no. to do, but I thought that for Zillennial quiz taking time this week, uh, we could do a riddle quiz oh to God. see if we're actually smart enough to crack Amarantha's riddle. I couldn't even crack her riddle in the first place, <laughs> so no. I'm not. And I want us to take it on pod oh, i don't want to cut it out because i want us to embarrass ourselves thoroughly. i embarrass myself but it's fine i embarrass myself every single time we record this podcast we are on a website called riddles.com and we are looking at their list of the 10 best riddles we're gonna take a few of the these riddles and just see if we can answer them I'm already confused. I'll f- so the fir- <laughs> first one know. is the more you take, the more you leave behind. What am I? I like is it is it time? Yeah. Is it time? That would make sense. Show me my answer. What the Footsteps. fuck? That's stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> the next oh, one. God. What? What eight-letter word can have a letter taken away and it still makes a word? Take another letter away and it still makes a word. Keep on doing that until you have one letter left. What is the word? I hate myself. That's the word. That is the word. I feel like, I feel like that's not a riddle. That's not I feel a like riddle. It's just a logic puzzle. I'm not good at this stuff. I don't have the patience to say. The word is starting. 
That's yeah. That's just a logic puzzle. That's, that's stupid not a as fuck. How am I how, how am I supposed to figure that out? What has a head? A tail is brown and has no legs. Poop. <laughs> like no. <laughs> A head, a tail is brown and has. Wait, is it a penny? Oh! Oh my god, I was right! It's a penny! I'm not the dumbest boy in school! Alyssa, you're a genius. (laughs) I'm so proud of myself right now. I can. Boom, this one's stupid. David's father has three sons Snap, Crackle, and David. That's. Oh! uh Again, not a riddle. Just a stupid little logic puzzle. I hate that. In okay. Love. A doctor. A doctor and a bus driver are both in love with the same woman, Ooh. an attractive girl named Sarah. The bus driver had to go on a long bus trip that would last a week. Before he left, he gave Sarah seven apples. Why? Because you know, an apple a day the keeps the doctor away. away. He's gone for a yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're, we're so smart. <laughs> These are not difficult. We're just really. <laughs> what? The, okay. Don't give me a math problem. I can't do a fucking word problem. A boy was at a carnival and went to a booth where the man said to the boy, if I write your exact weight on this piece of paper, then you have to give me $50. But if I cannot, I will pay you $50. The boy looked around and saw no scale. So he agreed, thinking no matter what the carny wrote, he, he'd just say he weighs more or less in the end the boy ended up paying the man fifty dollars how did the man win the bet i also don't know how Should i'm we just find gonna out? look at the answer the man did exactly oh, as he- oh, oh that's stupid he wrote your exact weight on the paper i hate that's that stupid that fills me with rage that was the dumbest thing i've ever seen <laughs> very good what comes once in a minute twice in a moment but never in a thousand years what? What comes once in a minute, twice, twice in, a moment. in a moment, but never in a thousand years. It's M. It's the letter M. That's stupid. This is mm-hmm. stupid. <laughs> what? what has many keys but can't even open a single door? A, a keyboard. A phone or like a keyboard? keyboard yeah. yeah. A piano? <laughs> That's a... What? <laughs> You can tell that we're Gen Z is because we hear keys but not a lock and we think, oh, obviously it's, a it's key. like, you know, keys on, on my computer. computer. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. What has six faces but does not wear any makeup, has 21 eyes and cannot see? It's a die. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I play too much d for you to trick me on that one. Okay. Two fathers and two sons went fishing one day. They were there the whole day and only caught three fish. One father said, that is enough for all of us. We will have one each. How is because that Because that was just the one. Wait, did they go together? I don't know. Tell us. Tell us riddles.com. There was the father. The answer was the father, his son, and his son. Oh, boo. So one of the men was both the son and That's a father. Just... There was the father, his son, and his son's son. Punch whoever wrote these. They had a bad day. Okay, Alyssa, I think what we've learned is that you and I could not solve Amarantha's riddle, and I'm just too big for my britches by I'm, claiming that I could have. I will say I'm very proud of my penny answer. It gave me some newfound <laughs> confidence in myself. 
I really thought I was the dumbest boy in school before that one, and now I feel a little less dumb. <laughs> at least you didn't immediately say with conviction. <laughs> so on that note, are you ready to close this chapter of A Court of Thorns and Roses? Absolutely. Akamath is like my favorite besides Akazith, so I'm very excited to cover it. I actually, so on my reread, I think I determined that Akamor <gasps> is my favorite. Interesting. So we're going to have some very exciting times ahead of us. Um, these next ones are They're b- big. They are big girls. Like two and a half times the size of this first one. So we might have to split it, split them up even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see yeah. as we go along. Uh, and we'll let you guys know what chapters we're covering mm-hmm. so that you can be up to date yes. if you want to read along with us. Yeah. Book club. Uh, whoop, whoop. Alyssa, where can <clears throat> we find our podcast? You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. If you listen to your podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and subscribe because we want people to find us. You can connect with us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at T-Squee. Or if you have longer thoughts, you can always send them to our email, which is T-N-Squee at gmail.com. That's T, the letter N, Squee at gmail.com. This week, whether you want to tweet it at us, DM us on Instagram or Twitter, or send it in an email, I'd love to see a riddle from you guys. Uh, We will solve it on the podcast next time if you send us a riddle. Um and you just want to embarrass us and prove how dumb we are, I'll, I'll take that. I don't know, I'll do I don't it. know if they want to do that, because I just called all those riddles stupid, and I made fun of them, <laughs> because that's my defense mechanism for being dumb and not being able to solve riddles, as I call them dumb. Well, I tell you what, Alyssa, if anyone actually sends us a riddle, you can read it to me, Yeah. and I will be the one who solves it. Sounds good. Because I was too big for my britches, and I was like, Feyre's so stupid for not knowing the answer to that riddle. <laughs> I, I, I'll stand by my comment of being like, you know what, Feyre? I'm stupid too sometimes. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. That's Yay. the end of book one of the Akatar series, and we'll see you next Yeehaw. time for the first part of A Court of Mist and Fury. One down, four to go. Counting the... Until then, four to go. Yeah, counting the holiday special, which is tiny. That'll be just Mm -hmm. one episode. Yeah, we'll do that one, and that'll be a one shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll see if we're done with these by the time our birthday rolls Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I don't think we will be. (laughs) No, honestly, I think that this is just an ACOTAR podcast for... Um, an indefinite amount 2023. of 2023. So mm-hmm. 2023 is the year of A Court of Thorns and yeah. Roses. That's, yep. Yep, yep. That's what, I'm just curious <laughs> to see what book we'll be on by our birthdays. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> like, ooh. I don't know. That's an also another fun answer you guys can send us. What, what book do you think we'll be on by June 28th and 29th? Yeah, we've been doing this for long enough now. You guys have uh, figured out our absolutely zero schedule. <laughs> it just keeps <laughs> fluctuating, you know? We're not consistent. No, and we never no. will be. If you're here for consistency, Wrong place. get out! <laughs> Wrong place. We're here for chaos. <laughs> We're here for the hot mess express. It's true. Speaking of, y'all, stay hot. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. And we'll see see you next time. time here in the Chaos Kingdom. Yep.
Bye. Bye.